Hi, this is John Kassir, the voice of the Crypt Keeper, and this is the Midwest Monsters Podcast. <laughs> I'm sorry, I picked this topic. I love this movie. It's a scary movie. It's a scary movie. And it still affects me just the same. I cannot put that on. I gotta tell you, something about this movie worked for me. I was oh, like, it rocked. So, I mean, that's kind of, that's debatable. But, I mean, it's a great movie. That, you know, I, it's my right as a viewer, as somebody who spends my money and time to go watch these films, to have my opinions and be disappointed. But that's what I love about about this group doing this podcast right now is that on so many pages <laughs> we're like right there with each other. But then I mean it, it's it's almost inevitable that uh, you know half the time we're gonna go you're out of your mind. You are out of your mind. I'm sorry, but that's. <laughs> Welcome to the Midwest Monster Podcast, and now here are your hosts. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another episode of the Midwest Monsters Podcast. I'm one of your hosts. I am Grizzly Abner, and I'm joined by Matt Chen, Professor Wagstaff. Always good to be together. Always good to be together with the guys here doing some Midwest monstering, and we're so thankful for all of you Midwest monsters who tune in and listen. Tonight we have got an interesting show topic. I, I wouldn't know. call it that. I'd be a reach. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we. I guess we've done. Uh, I guess we've done worse. Maybe we'll make it interesting. Yeah, we'll make it work tonight, my friends. We... We'll make it short. <laughs> short, just like the features of this film. We're talking about the franchise of the movie Critters, uh, the little furry fur balls from space that shoot spikes and jump and talk in funny language. Yeah, that's that's the one. <laughs> Crazily enough, that was the original title of the movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that was the for balls from space who jump and shoot things. <laughs> and we won't get into the girl who was wearing a critter shirt that we talked to at the last horror con. Started off nice. Started nice. <laughs> but we'll leave it at that. Uh, so, any opening initial thoughts about the franchise? Uh, the franchise overall, when I was little, I when I say little, I, I mean younger. I enjoyed I enjoyed this film. I guys really like did. you and I were never. If you guys have met Matt Chan, you know this. But uh, no, when I was younger, I really enjoyed the film. I enjoyed the movies. The first two, I had the the second two came later. But um, I don't know. As I've gotten older, I think I've grown further away from them. Yeah, yeah. I've graduated. Graduated. You know, I think parts elements of this franchise followed some of the same elements of the Leprechaun franchise. And I also think, I mean, that's just kind of the, the way of the B franchise. You know what I well, mean? Well, that's like, the thing. Critters was New Line's answer to Gremlins. Okay. Like, literally, it was New Line's answer to Gremlins. Really? New Line, they were like, we need Gremlins. Gremlins was a hit. Okay. They were like, we need to beat Gremlins. I had no idea. And they, if you look at the first two movies, they kind of mirror each other. Okay. And we'll, I'll talk about that later as we go along, but they really do. Like, the first one was a more serious movie, and then the second one breaks right into the funny in even in the scene where they're in the hungry heifer it's reminiscent of when they were taking over the food court the gremlins were taking uh, over the food yeah. court yeah. so i mean that's all it was it was new lines version of gremlins yeah gotcha gotcha 
Uh, Professor, anything overall just to say about the franchise and opening? Um, you know, it's kind of like going to a shitty party where, you know, you meet three or four people and, like, you're like, oh, there's some nice moments, but I know I'm never going to see them again. <laughs> there you go. I'll I'll open by saying, um, in rewatching the franchise... You can't follow that. It's hard to follow. <laughs> it is hard to follow. Uh, in rewatching the franchise... Um, I kind of wondered what I was thinking when I used to really love it. Uh, so, <laughs> with, with no further ado, let's talk about the first installment of Critters. Mad Chan, give us some of the specs. Uh, 1986, director Stephen Herrick's first movie, actually. Stephen would go on to direct uh, big-budget classics like uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, The Mighty Ducks, nice. Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead, and Mr. Holland's Opus. Not a bad run. Not right a on. bad run at all. Uh, right what on. year? What year was this? 1986. 1986. Yes. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, um, so we start off, and we've got the critters, also known as Krites, uh, who are <laughs> alien prisoners. Alien name. prisoners. Yeah, alien prisoners. Now, I have to preface this. I've never remember seeing the opening of this movie before <laughs> right. the opening yeah. credits yeah of like when the whole part when they're in the spaceship mm -hmm. and we find out that they're prisoners and they send the bounty hunters I don't ever remember that, but I watched this movie on VHS. You remember VHS? Yeah. Remember your mama would stick in the tape and try to catch the beginning of a movie oh, and she yeah. would hit record? I'm, I'm guessing my mama just hit, got the opening credits of Critters because I don't remember the opening of this movie at all. <laughs> it reminds me of the scene from that movie, Away We Go, where they always turn off uh, the sound of music before the Nazis come. Right. So the kids only know the happy part of the right. movie. <laughs> Yeah, so that's that's pretty wild opening because you've got also like those other aliens and they're they're telling the bounty hunters what to do. Yeah, I think if I'd have seen that, I don't think I'd have watched it more than <laughs> once as a child <laughs> because the, the, even at the beginning, I'm like, this is cheesy, man. Well, uh, thanks for listening, guys. It was fun. <laughs> Stay scary, my friend. Um, an interesting thing about it was uh, there was some talent in this film. Actually, oh yeah, as far yeah. As the acting lineup. Definitely. It kind of went throughout the franchise. It's kind of astounding the people you yeah. see pop up in these, whether they were successful then or would later be. Just there's, it's just about every film. There's people I'm like not expecting to see pop up in there. I yeah. think all except the fourth. Yeah. Yeah. What? No, no, no. The fourth has. Uh... No, we'll get there. We'll get okay, there. Yeah, don't, the, don't skip ahead. The fourth has some serious cats in it. I thought that was the third. No, they no, no the four still did actually. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, but okay, yeah, we'll get there. Okay, cool, cool, cool. So I mean, we've got. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Do you want to? You want to kind of give us the the load? Okay, so and... we've got uh, D. Wallace Stone. Yeah. Uh, horror mom extraordinaire. I mean, she's the, yeah. she's the female in all the movies. She's the mother in all the movies. Um, we have M. Emmett Walsh playing Harv. We've got Scott Grimes, later of ER fame. He was uh -huh. in like 112 episodes of ER. We've got Billy Greenbush. Who played Jay, the father? He was in uh, Jason Goes to Hell. He was the sheriff in yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, we move on. We got Lynn Shea, mm -hmm. Bob Shea's sister. Yep. And um, oh, Terrence Mann. Yeah. Terrence Mann playing Johnny Steele slash Ugg. Right. Which they can't call him Ugg in the first movie because we don't hear his name until the second movie. Right. Um, then we got Don Keith Opper playing Charlie. And a young Billy Zane. Yeah. Who even then was still horrible. <laughs> was still, you got to give it up. This was his fourth movie. And who on special effects? Oh, the Chiodo Brothers. That's right. Created the Critters, man. Yeah. 
Yeah, so I mean, people that brought you killer clowns, right? I mean, this 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 brings some heavy weight to it. Uh, and then the credits were over, and that ended the excitement. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, uh, uh, I'll be fair. I mean, I uh, the first one's okay. I it's it's enjoyable. It, it's not as enjoyable as I remember it being. Even I don't know five years ago, the last time I watched it. Yeah, I, I I'm I'm gonna have to agree with you there. I'd never seen this prior to. Okay, I thought. It, I thought it was enjoyable. Oh, okay, okay. I, yeah, I, I wouldn't trash this one. Like, I had a good time with it. Like, to me, is classic fanfare from that period. Right. Just feels like something you should bring home from the rental store. And oh, I tried yeah. to place myself yeah. back there, you know, as if I were watching it then. Um, so I, I had a good time with it. And the one thing I was surprised with the most was uh, I how well, it's embarrassing how often I laughed at the critters. Oh, the critters are great. I mean, like, critters, yeah, like out loud. I'm like, <laughs> I'm sitting there, I'm like, oh, man. Like when that one eats the firecracker? Yeah. <laughs> and, and they're, like, the subtitles for their dialogue. I mean, those are hilarious. Right, I mean, right, right. The critters are great. And, and I... Now that you mentioned the gremlin thing, I'm making connections left and right. Like, oh yeah, no, we just is. get these scenes of the of the critters raising hell. You know, like when mm-hmm. the gremlins mm-hmm. just start and just start doing whatever they want. The critters are doing that. And They're if you look at it, like, doing, like yeah. as, as funny as the gremlins were, they had their moments. Right. The critters had their moments too, and they were both serious at points. You know, like when they were shooting needles into people. I mean, it, they were both semi-serious movies with comedic moments. Yeah. For the first one, and both went laugh out loud try to be funny in the second one, you know? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, there's all sorts of things going on there. It was it was Bob Shea's new line that was like, yeah. hey, man, we need a Gremlins, you yeah, know? Forget yeah. Warner Brothers, we need a Gremlins. And this is still, you know, new line, just trying to establish a name for themselves, period. Well, this was, nine, this was 86, yeah. so we're ta- you're talking, what, we had two or three nightmares by this point? Yeah. We had uh, a couple of Stephen King movies, I mean, like... They were there at this yeah. point. Still young, though. Still young. I would say I remember really <laughs> noticing their logo probably when they did Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or Home Alone. Okay. So, I, I mean, that's, that's... And those, I mean, those are flagships. You know what I mean? Home Alone? Yeah. So, something that I was very impressed with well, in that, the first film. One of the highest grossing movies of all time? <laughs> yeah. Made by Chris Columbus. <laughs> something I found very surprising in the first Written film was... Are, are we ready? Yeah. Was the score, which I thought was excellent. Yeah, I was very surprised by that. That it was such a you know fun movie, didn't take itself seriously, but it had a really good score. Like that, even at times to me sounded like Jaws. Right, right. Like some of the way it was written, not the duh, duh, obviously, right. but no, but like when Bradley's running through the field, yeah, and yeah, the critters are chasing him, yeah, and he's going to blow up the ship. No, I I get you. Yeah. And it was cool to see Bib Fortuna at the beginning. <laughs> ship, so. no, I have to I have to share one of my notes with you and Grizz I think you'll especially like this one here's the note I wrote down how dope was the song The Power of the Night sung oh, by man. Terrence Mann oh yeah so good <laughs> I, so dude good. I can, I'm sitting there like it's the power of the night <laughs> straight up and you could tell they spent some money on that song because they play it ten times oh, yeah. <laughs> in the course of the movie yeah well, let's talk about the ferocity of the critters. Let's talk about what they bring to the table. A, they roll. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they shoot spikes. Yeah. They have a mean set of teeth. Yeah. But they also kind of fly. Did you know, do they fly or do they jump? I think they jump. Okay. They jump with some lift, some <laughs> speed that 
Makes them fly. It's kinda. actually weird that you say that because in a note I wrote down for a later one, it was the first time I'd really noticed it. They kind of rev up like Sonic the Hedgehog. Mm-hmm. I was just going to say yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the one thing I took from it. I was like, okay, because he sits there for a moment. It's like, zzz, 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 boom, and he jumps. And yeah. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Didn't do that in standing form. He did that in balled up form. Right. I was kind of surprised that the, there wasn't more of an attempt to actually be scary. Like, mm-hmm. I totally get the humor. But I felt like you kind of could have capitalized on that by, you know, getting audiences in the mood with the laughter of them, but also seeing them, you know, turn yeah. into the evil little shits, the red eyes, you know, creeping yeah. off in the dark corner oh, or something. Yeah. And I thought that there really wasn't much of that. I mean, sometimes movies, especially from that period, I think they tried and then it would get cut. Yeah. So maybe that's the case. I don't know. But I, I didn't expect it to be a scary movie. It's called Critters, for Christ's sake. <laughs> but I, I, I thought there'd be a little bit of an attempt but there really wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. I love the original cover art for this. Mm-hmm. Just that drawing of the critter just standing there chilling by himself. I mean, the, now the newer DVD, I think it's got like a bunch of them on yeah, the cover of like it, which is kind of lame. But that Actually, original... The, the original cover art is the house. It's it's just the house with the spaceship flying above. Really? Yeah. The critter, like the critter cover art came in on the VHS. Orange sky behind it. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. Right. You should look that one up. It's, it's dope cover art. Yeah. But it doesn't make for a nice poster. I'm yeah. Just, because you don't understand what's going on unless you've seen the movie. Yeah, yeah. But no, I know I like what you're talking about, the big silhouette of the critter. Yeah, him just yeah, that's, like standing there. That's pretty dope. I, I, I don't quote me, but I think it's the VHS. Oh, wow. Huh, that's interesting. Yeah, that's the original cover art. I just showed the cover art, by yeah. the way, for listeners. <laughs> uh, for those of you listening out there, if you just get to on Google.com, who has paid for this episode. <laughs> no, they, no, no, no. Google no. didn't give us nothing. Google didn't give us nothing. However, Bob's tire bar. <laughs> Nah, but uh, I guess uh, just in closing, I I won't say in closing. I want to finish for you guys if you're not done. But uh, I got to say, one of my favorite scenes is probably the bowling alley scene. I thought that was all great, <laughs> everything they did in there, because it was just like that was like my childhood, going to like shitty bowling alleys with my parents who were in leagues, and like <laughs> it just looked just like that, and I loved it. I loved it. I think my favorite part of Critters, and I hate to say this, but my favorite part of Critters was where Lynn Shea is on the phone. Yeah. Talking to Harv when he's asleep. She's like, Harv, they just shot up the bar at the Bolarama Lane. <laughs> and he's just like, what? And she's like, Charlie, Reverend Tate, they shot up the bar at the Bolarama Lane. <laughs> and he's just like, where's Jeff? And she's just like, I can't raise him, Harv. I don't know what to do. I don't know why I laugh every time. I think Lynn Shay's amazing anyway. And... That's sad that that's my favorite part of this movie, but I mean, <laughs> it's something that I still remember. I think the power of the night song too. Yeah, you know, it's like Johnny Steele. Like that, I think that's pretty awesome. Yeah, because I I would have listened to that. I would have bought that record. I'm yeah. just gonna put that out there. You probably still will. I I, I own it. <laughs> uh, Professor, any closing thoughts? I didn't have a favorite part. I I enjoyed <laughs> I another. I enjoyed another reason uh, to see D Wallace. Yep. You know, yeah, and and her long list of horror movies, and right. I had a good time with it. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. No regrets. Well, no standout moment though. For me. Yeah, yeah. So and then and so this kind of tying it into the next one, we Charlie the town drunk gets to join the bounty hunters. That's, Charlie takes off. Yes, he does. Charlie takes off, and so that leads us into our next film, Chad, which is we got Critters Two, nineteen eighty eight. And we switched it up. We have director Mick Garris. Mick Garris. Horror legend Mick yeah. Garris at this point, yeah. man. Yeah. Which, uh, like, uh, Mick had just recently come off 
an episode of uh, Freddy's Nightmares, I believe. Or right? something Stephen King. <laughs> He's made right. a career of that. Yeah. Right, but... Um, and it's pretty neat because you see the Freddy stand-up. Or, sta- or the Freddy standee. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The bounty hunter's going to... The bounty hunters to turn into, yeah, yeah, and he's yeah. like, no, 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 and he gives him the Playboy picture, again. <laughs> yeah. which I always remember that scene as a kid. I clearly. do too, I do too, because <laughs> that was like that one scene, that quintessential scene that mom and dad forgot about. Yeah, right. <laughs> like he ch- the bounty hunter changes, the boobs pop out. I hit rewind. The bounty hunter changes, the boobs pop out. Yeah. I hit rewind. Happened about thirty times, I'm sure. For me, that was almost like my fast times at Ridgemont High. Like I, I like I, I remember those boobs so well. Kind of, kind of getting uncomfortable. Hello, Brad. <laughs> That's your fast times. That's amazing. You guys can right. take off. <laughs> so we got Brad Brown back, played by Scott Grimes again. We have UG, played by Terrence Mann. Charlie, played by Don Keith Opera. They all reprise their role. Lynn Shay's back again. Uh, we change up Harv. We bring in Barry Corbin, another character actor. He's in a long long list of things. One of my favorite additions was the Hungry Heifer Manager, played by Eddie Deason. <laughs> Eugene from Greece. I mean, you've seen him in a lot of different things. I loved him in this. And there's a special guest appearance as the church guard by Mr. Tom McLaughlin. As you guys might know, he's the director of Friday Six. Did not know that. You didn't see him? No. He's got the feathered hair and everything. He's the director of Friday Six. So he made... I had the pleasure of meet. I had the pleasure of meeting him at a con. Yeah, and that was one of my favorite stories. He was just like, "Yeah, Mick put me on." So he, so he made the last good Friday. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna uh. tell Kane you said that. <laughs> Don't act like I won't call him. <laughs> no, but go ahead. So uh, yeah, so we got the brown boy back in Grover's Bend. Back in Grover's Bend to see his granny who just happens to buy critter eggs, thinking that they're exquisite Easter eggs. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to point out something. It's a, so the Browns have been gone for two years at this point, right? Yeah. He comes back into town and has no friends. It's like there's no other kids his age in this town. Yeah. Like he has he has no buddies that were just like. Hey, Brad, nice to see you. Glad you're back in town, buddy. Like, you still seeing critters? Nothing, dude. Like, <laughs> nobody <laughs> yeah. pops up, dude. Yeah. That, that kind of upset me a little bit. I think this was probably my favorite one of the franchise. I really <laughs> had a lot of fun with this movie. But, yeah, and part of it is that, like, it was just some glaring plot holes. Like the one you just mentioned, you know? Like, he rolls back into town, everybody's like, oh, there's that crazy boy. Like, they don't know his name. Yeah. Boy, got a name. They didn't even rebuild the Bolarama Lane. That's what bugs me. Like, two years later, <laughs> we've gone from an actual, like, small town feel yeah. to, like, one street. Looks like a Desperado town, yeah. you know, like a, yeah. a Wild West town. Right. Like, I don't know. But it's whatever. Yeah. So, two years later, the critter eggs are finally hatching. Yeah. And, uh... So this is a call for the bounty hunters to come back, as you said, the dudes reprising their role to come out and come back and wipe them out. And uh, they bring Charlie with them. They bring Charlie with them. Can we note that the bounty hunters' names are Ugg and Lee? <laughs> can we can we go ahead and note that real quick? If nobody I caught that. Did not notice that. So <laughs> you just blew my mind. <laughs> their names are Ugg Lee. I just want to. Um, I just got to say. Uh, 
Yeah, it's so funny because like there's the 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 dad who runs the newspaper and like he's like dead set against the story about Critter's boy coming back to town, and I'm like, this has got to be your cash cow, buddy. You gotta <laughs> you gotta go for this. This is you know this is hot news. And who tells him that? Lynn Shay. Lynn Shay. Lynn Shay. That's right. That's right. <laughs> How much did you like the Hungry Heifer jingle? I guess I'm just a fool for these movies and their music. At the Hungry Heifer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, like, I sit around and laugh at these things. I love jingles, man. Yeah, I love how old boy tries to stop that bully from, like, uh, trying to get with that girl, and then he just throws him right out the door. <laughs> That's how it goes. <laughs> He's just like, I'll give you these eggs for a case of monster brow. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and he's like, I'm going to trade you all these space alien eggs for some beer. And then he takes two cases of, it of, of the cheap beer yeah. and some Playboys. Yeah. <laughs> Fair trade, in my opinion. Fair trade. There uh, you go, Critter Eggs. Uh, I got to say, probably my favorite scene is when the critters form into a giant ball. Oh, the ball. And then they mm-hmm. knock down the humans like they're bowling pins. Oh, yes. So now we have bowling making a second appearance. Because <laughs> the bowling alley was prominent in the first. You've got this bowling sequence here. And I, I've got more third. to talk about. Uh, uh, don't you jump this now. Boy, I didn't say nothing. <laughs> Boy. Boy. Hey, that's a different show. Uh, yeah, Professor, thoughts on this one? Yeah, please. Uh, I checked you. out on this one. And pretty much here on out for the franchise. I really liked the buffet scene. I giggled at that when they, when they were just going hog wild and they're like little gremlins. Right. Um, like gremlins. I did note that it had a great score again. Yeah. So, um, and I really did love the big ball rolling down the street. That was funny. The professor is like that friend who comes to see your play or your movie or something. And it's just like, hey, buddy. Did you like it? And he's like, I had a good score. I had a, had a real good score. The lighting was good. Well, I'm just trying to be positive. There's not much to say about it. Oh, man. I liked that the kid returned. Um, yeah. So, yeah. That, I mean, I literally just summed up this movie for you right on. For, from my standpoint. What do you think about the the, the talking critter? It's like cheeseburgers, no bones. <laughs> Remember? Because the whole plot is to get these to get the critters into one central location. Yeah. A hamburger factory. Right. And then blow them up. Yep. That's right. So they get the critters into a big factory. By having Ugg, the bounty hunter, turn into a critter, (laughs) he guides them back to the factory, they get in there, they blow up the factory, and then the big critter ball rolls out, and they effectively did nothing to these critters, man. That's it. What about when the critter ball rolled over that guy, and he come up on the other (laughs) side of his bones? (laughs) That was a great scene. He's just doing this. He looked like looked like an effect that Army of Darkness. He was like, <laughs> just <in there>, shaking. <laughs> yeah, that was good. That was good. Uh, oh man, I don't think I have anything else to say about this. I one. just got a few things. That shows you that this was my favorite of the franchise, and I'm already done talking <laughs> about it. Dude, if it was that simple, why didn't they use the ship a lot sooner? Charlie literally flies the ship into the critters and kills them. And he's the hero. He's the hero. Charlie, the town drunk, redeems himself as the true bounty hunter who sacrifices himself but lives. But lives. To kill all the critters. What what amazes me is that at the end of the movie, the people in the town are okay with UFOs now. Right. Like, out of the whole town, everybody's just like, nah, we good. (laughs) Because the the, the spaceship flies overhead Uh and sucks Ugg up, and they're just like, ah, we good, we good. Yeah. Just nonchalant about it. Um, 
And what is it in movies that there's this notion by throwing someone a sheriff's badge that automatically makes them the new sheriff? (laughs) To hell with the elections. You just made the town drunk who went in a spaceship for two years the new sheriff. That's it. That's all it takes. Is that all it takes? That's all it takes. That's it. I need to find me a town. (laughs) Already a drunk. I think Shaquille O'Neal's a sheriff's deputy somewhere. Like in Florida. Miami. Way yeah. hands in the air. <laughs> Ted Nugent's a sheriff's deputy. So, I mean, if those guys can do it, you can clearly do it. Oh, come on. I'm, I'm, nowhere, I'm nowhere as good as the Nuge, man. <laughs> Calm down. Are we ready to move on? We are moving on to number Moving three. on. All right, so we got Critters 3, 1991, directed by Christine Peterson. We have Annie, played by Amy Brooks. John Calvin plays Clifford. We got a young Leonardo DiCaprio in his first movie, might I add. He had done television to this point. This was his first movie. We, we bring back Don Keith Opper and Christian and jo- Joseph Cousins, the, the cute little kid from Kindergarten Cop. Is the <laughs> the little kid brother. creeps me out. <laughs> <laughs> but he wasn't even the cool kid. Like, Miko Hughes was the cool kid from Kindergarten Cop. Yeah. You know, like, mm-hmm. this guy is literally the the... The least interesting kid from kindergarten cop. Yeah, he's like that kid. He's the paste eater. <laughs> huh? He's the paste eater. He's the one who's just like, uh, what is his mother? It doesn't matter. We're not talking about the kindergarten cop. We're talking about the critters. Go ahead. No, let's talk about kindergarten cop. <laughs> <laughs> A much better film. A much better film. Uh, but this is not the kindergarten cop monsters. <laughs> um, what do you think about Leo's first line in the movie? Like, don't go down there. There's all sorts of wild animals and shit. Uh, actually, right out the gate. Actually, that was in my notes. <laughs> he says, "Look out! Don't go down there, kid. There's a bunch of wild animals and shit." <laughs> Best line ever. Best line. Oh ever. man, that's how we meet Leo DiCaprio. <laughs> <clears throat> no, the best line ever in this movie is what in the wild world of Geraldo is going on down there in <laughs> Rosalie basement. What in the wild world of Geraldo is going on down there? <laughs> So, See, by this point, we're already laughing. I mean, there's no savior for a horror franchise at this point. Not at this point. And that's, no. uh, this is where I talk about sort of that formula where it's kind of following Leprechaun and doing that sort of thing. They they take it back to the city for this one. So it's yep. it, they go from the country rural setting to an urban setting. And so that this, again, this is like Franchise 101. Uh, start, stuff starts getting stale. Put it in a new setting. Right. Put it in a new environment. See if it works out there. And um, it doesn't. But. The thing about Critters 3 for me was I didn't care about any of the characters in this movie. I've said this about other movies, but sorry, I didn't. You're supposed to care about a character and you want them to survive. I didn't care who survived in this movie. No. Seriously. No. Like, there was nothing There was nothing that made me want any of these people to survive a critter attack. Yeah. So uh, that's what I got to say about that. One good thing about this film is the wardrobe. Um, I couldn't tell if I was watching a film from 1991 or 2014 because these kids were dressed exactly how the hipster kids dress today. That's ironic. <laughs> Get it? <laughs> <laughs> they just need mustaches and fixed gear bikes. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so we go from Grover's Bend to the city, and some of the eggs are latched under. How'd they get under there? Anybody, call in right now. Tell us how they got under there. <laughs> Please, somebody, tell me how the critter eggs got under there. Yeah. I watched the movie twice It's because I fell asleep, and I still don't know how the eggs got under there, bro. Don't know. Sorry. Don't know. 
<laughs> this was the one where the critter revved up like Sonic the Hedgehog, and he jumps up the um. I I, I guess I want to call it a a laundry chute. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's what it was. It yeah. was a laundry chute. Because I and then we find out that bleach dissolves critters. Okay. Make them look like the Phantom of the Opera critter. No, I thought that was right. neat. He had the that's white right. streak in his hair. Yeah. I, I thought that was neat. I would say my the only scene I enjoyed in this film was where the critters. Oh man, you're gonna steal it! I uh, already know it. Nope, well, go ahead. Go, no, you I'm go the ahead. one who's been making the connections. <laughs> go ahead, you go. go I you worked go. for this. The critters were bowling pins. We get our third bowling reference in the critters franchise. Wow, it's starting to turn into a Lebowski thing. <laughs> <laughs> The critter abides, man. I chastised myself while watching this for laughing so hard at that. I was like, come on, Ryan, after I was calmed down. That's the scene you guys were laughing at? I thought when the critters ate the beans and started farting. No, just the the bowling pins just caught me off guard. I was tickled. What about about that punk dude that was like the building maintenance guy? Oh, Frankie? The worst. The worst. Viacom Dios. Yeah, he was the worst. Oh, man. So, what about Charlie? We're, we we meet Charlie. Charlie bursts out of the ground like a madman. No scares idea the how, kids. He, how did he get there? Yeah, I don't know. Okay, all right. Fair enough. But then Charlie gives the Charlie gives the kid uh, the magical green whatever. It's like when this you're in danger when this turns green. Call me. Charlie shows back up, saves the day. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. Like that that's Critters Three in a nutshell. Like it really is. <laughs> I hope that made sense to all of you, because that's what Critters 3 was. Critters 3 was horrible. They took it and they put it in an apartment building. I'm sure it was a budgetary reason. The characters weren't that great. It wasn't really well developed. It just seemed like there was some money out there that they needed to squeeze. And, uh, like, at the end of the movie, Josh's mother, Josh is the DiCaprio character, Josh's mother gives them all the money, gives all the people in the building money back. And the dad stays home, he doesn't go away to work, and it's a happy ending. Yeah, Critters just ruined the building. <laughs> right. She's just like, my husband was taking money from you. Here it is. I've atoned. <laughs> and then she's gone. She mounts. She gone. It's over. And then Josh sets up a date with Annie. Yeah. Like, all right, we good. It's all good. How's the movie end? I can't remember. Charlie, walking through. Down in the basement. Down in the basement. You remember that during they, the credits? They pick up. Oh, yeah, 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 okay, yeah, there you yeah, go, yeah, 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 There you so go. You you get like the hints for what the next movie's gonna yeah, be. Yeah, because they pick up exactly from that in the fourth. Yep. They That's shot right. these movies back to back. Really? No, there was no break. They clearly were tired they by the sh- fourth. They shot these movies in succession back to back. They this was it. It's like this is our franchise. Henceforth, we are going to be you know why? What happened in ninety one? World Trade Center. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> Is there a strike? We lost Freddy. And then in 94, we killed him for good. Okay. But we were gone at this point. They were grasping at straws. Okay. Gotcha. Like, they shot these movies back to back. Well, this is sort of that period, too, where Hollywood made nothing good. Maybe two Mm -hmm. good movies a year. We were... Not even just in the horror genre. Just period. We were five years from Scream at this point. Like, you didn't even have the relic to fall back on at this point. Yeah, because yeah. Candyman was one of the last good ones. And right around that, there was just a number of years. It was just, there's literally nothing. Like, yeah. there's not a DVD on my shelves from those <laughs> like, string of years. From, like, 90 to, yeah. yeah. No, I get you. Yeah. I get you. And, but the fact that they shot these back-to-back really amazed me. Like, when I read that, it was just, I was done. It was like, because they 
somehow they were like, this is our franchise. Like, we're going to shoot two of these back-to-back releases. Was New Line in trouble then? I don't know, man. That's It'd be interesting to read the history of New Line at that point because we hadn't yet had Freddy's Dead. Because I know they've had their ups and downs. So, as we segue into the fourth film here, let's remember, Jason Voorhees went to Manhattan, then he went to space. Leprechaun went to Las Vegas, then he went to space. The Critters went to the city. Where are they going now? Back to where they're from. I was about to say, <laughs> we started in space, man. <laughs> it ain't a big deal when you start in space. But but the bulk of the film. Yeah, but said space. characters are there now. Right. Well, kind of. So I, I would like to point out with this fourth film, 1992, directed by Rupert Harvey. That's all I'm going into. Don Keith Opper, finally, after playing Charlie for the fourth time, got top billing in this movie. <laughs> right. Terrence Mann was also in all four movies, playing Ugg, or playing Ugg the Bounty Hunter. But we had two additions to this movie that were outstanding. We had a naked Angela Bassett and a Brad Dorf. Yeah. How B.A. was that? That was crazy. That was crazy. Now, was it me? I don't understand. Professor, I need you to back me up. I know how big of a Brad Dorf fan you are. Was his acting just so much better than everybody else, or did everybody else just suck so bad that he was phenomenal in this movie? I think his acting was just acceptable, but <laughs> not not bad. I just think right. like I think he's just a professional. No, no matter what, no matter what right. the movie is, you're gonna get the same effort from him. Whereas I think everybody else was just trying to get a paycheck and get the hell out of there and hope this never was remembered Dude, on their if resume. You, if Brad, if you ever listen to this, I adore your acting. I really do. I think you do a good job, but I agree with Professor because you were just delivering lines and you were into a character. And some of the people in this movie could not hold a candle to reading lines, to saying lines. Man. Yeah, because this is easily some of the most... Well, probably one of the most boring roles I've ever seen him in. Like he just mm-hmm. he, right, he right, just, right. You're right. Like he he shows up and he does his job, but that's the point. He did his job. Oh uh, yeah, he showed up and did his job. Yeah, he dude. acted. I mean, I, I I when I saw him pop up at the beginning, I was so pumped. I was like, he's going to save this movie. <laughs> Let's be honest. I don't know that Jesus could have saved this movie. <laughs> there was nothing <laughs> about it that was just like if he'd have came back in the middle of the shoot. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Um, so. Yeah, so we get Brad Dorf, but just not the Brad Dorf we know and love. You know what I mean? Like, we just don't get textbook Brad Dorf. So. We did get Angela Bassett in the shower. Yeah, you know, she did. got her group back. She did. <laughs> and then she punched that dude for looking. <laughs> right. Like, yeah, that was the most. It was like, literally, they were like, we need some nudity. And she was, was like, I'll show butt. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> if that was even her butt. I think that was the, is that the first nude? No, not, never mind. That's not the first nude because we had old girl earlier. My favorite scene ever of all time. <laughs> wow, how easily you forget. How soon we forget. Um, so they're in space. And yeah, there's that. You get that, you get the like alien scene. Like you get the scene where they're like tracking them on the radar. Like, I don't know. They're, they're coming. I don't know what those things are. Those things you don't believe in, but they're coming. How dope was the line? Dude, it's like, what do these things look like? Have you ever seen a piranha? Well, they don't look anything like a piranha. It's <laughs> just like somebody wrote that. Dude. Somebody wrote that. Somebody got paid to somebody write that. Somebody paid to write that. Charlie's yeah. just spouting off good stuff, man. Yeah. Uh, I, I I thought the technology in this movie 
thought it was kind of interesting how they kept talking to Angela. And Angela oh, yeah. is like the equivalency of like Siri or OK Google now. Or Hal. <laughs> Whatever. you. But you see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it, it's, it's neat. It's neat to think that in our lifetime, we've gone from this being some futuristic technology to now we talk to computers. That is pretty crazy. But that's all I've got to say. That's more interesting to me than Critters of the Word. <laughs> I'm sorry. It is. Uh, Professor, anything you want to say before I wrap this up? <laughs> this is, I, I, I'm going to say this. This is the worst movie I have watched for this podcast. <laughs> Flat out. Because you think this is worse than Leprechaun in space? Absolutely. Because here's the thing. They gave me a lot of Leprechaun. True. Yes. Where in the hell were the critters in this? That's the there were two point. critters in the whole movie. I mean, seriously, if you've got people who are willing to come watch this, if they've stuck with you and they are paying admission or buying your video, I don't know if this was straight to video, if their hard-earned money is being spent on this, give them some critters. Yeah, uh, just no critters happening here. Um, I guess, like, in closing, what I would say is, like... Um, I don't know. I mean, I guess the only the, the point, the only thing that was interesting was you get the betrayal by Ugg. Ugg, see, now that's one thing I did find interesting. Even in space, people fuck you over. Yeah, even in, <laughs> nothing even changes, space, dude. Even when there are deadly critters. Charlie called it to the T. He was like, "Oh, Ugg, you must have got a promotion." Like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> dude. Yeah. Double Charlie was this like, "Ugg, you sold me out. You son of a gun. I hate you." Yeah, yeah. But no, seriously, like. uh I'm sorry, folks, and I, I I appreciate the fact that you guys listen to us, and I think that's amazing. But man, there's like we picked the topic that I was actually really excited about. I mean, as a child, in my younger years, I loved this franchise, man. I really did. But as I mean, coming into it now as an adult and seeing the third and fourth movies again, I think I've seen them maybe once or twice a piece. Yeah. Rented them. Yeah. Man, it's it's not what it was. Like I really enjoyed Critters as a child. And I think watching the third and fourth movies really killed it for me as an adult. Yeah. Because I can still be nostalgic a little bit about the first two movies. Right. Because I'd seen them so many times. I There's no nostalgia at all about Critters 3 or Critters 4. There's nothing for me. Yeah. I, yeah, uh... that was my biggest complaint, though. And that's why I, I give it the award thus far. <laughs> because I, we've watched some bad ones. And, like, even Leprechaun in Space, it was wretched. The graphics were garbage. <laughs> right. And they weren't much better in this. But even the credit graphics for this look shitty. Like, when this movie started, I was like, oh, what am I in for? And <laughs> what I, have I, done? I actually cheered when those three flew, flew off at the end. Literally. <laughs> I was like, I am done with this for good. Oh, man. Man, what, what about the, the tag at the end of each movie? It says, absolutely no critters were harmed in the making of this yeah, movie. Yeah, it's yeah. like the first time it was funny. The second time it was like, right on. The third time you were like, come on, dog. Yeah, and I'm the like, fourth time it was like, really? It's like, why don't you put that enthusiasm into the script? <laughs> it's like, I have no clue why we're watching this right now. Because, like, if you notice, like, Charlie has, is is the best thing going about this movie. And then at the end, Angela Bass is like, Charlie, don't touch nothing now. And he sits down and he's like, okay. Charlie, space commander, and starts flipping switches and doing oh, shit. And yeah. you're just like, what the hell is going on here? Charlie just went full reach. So I just want to ask you guys this real quick. If for listeners, 
from your standpoint, what would you recommend they watch from this series? I personally would just say the first. I think that's worth watching. Yes. But are there any that you think are so bad it's worth seeing for different reasons Bro, or whatever? I'd say the first two. Watch the first two. Yeah. If yeah. you have not seen Critters, watch the first two. And it's like the, no amount of star power. And DiCaprio wasn't a star at that point. No, but no amount of star power. He was having growing pains. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Keep going. No, no amount of no. star. I'm no done. I'm so done. Mad Chan is done. <laughs> Just chant out. Well, ladies and gentlemen. No, no, no. I'm back. No, go ahead. Thanks for listening. <laughs> I, I just want you, all of you to know, all of our dedicated fans out there, that you have just witnessed three guys who can talk for hours about nothing can only talk about four movies in 40 minutes. That's how We tried our they're... best. <laughs> we tried. We need we to get these people home. Best. Yeah. I think we talked about the first Jaws movie, just the first one for longer than this. This is the first Jaws movie is better than all four of these movies put together, <laughs> dude. I'm sorry. It is. So, that being said, I just, I would echo the sentiment of Mad Chan. Watch the first two uh, if you want to give it a shot. Uh, that's it. So, for the Midwest Monsters, I am Grizzly Abner, and I'm here with my dear friends, Mad Chan! We're the wrong It's the power of the night. Yo, 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 yo. Streets are calling. Stay scary, my friends.